everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're so excited today. We have one of our biggest hall stars is here to talk with us about her upcoming film. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. I'm so delighted to have Nikki Deloach here. And Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Rach, for having me. Hi, guys. I love Hi. you all so much. Thank you for all of your continued love and support. It just, it means a lot to us. And it means so much to us for you supporting the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And, and you've been, uh, this is, I think the second time just this year that you've been <laughs> on. So that is so nice of you. <laughs> of course, of course. Are you kidding me? So, uh, yeah. So we're so excited about your upcoming films and uh, everything that's been uh, going on and we, what we've been doing the last uh, few months with our interviewees is we've been asking is how you've been handling this time of quarantine uh, what did you what do you feel like you learned from the experience have you been doing have you been doing any uh, quarantine baking or things <laughs> like that <laughs> mm. well I will say I've never cooked this much in my entire life um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between. So my family has taken quarantine very, very seriously. Um, right. Obviously because of my now three-year-old Bennett. Thank you God for the blessings. Every year, every year I'm like, thank you God, we made it another year. Because he was born with multiple heart defects. He's had three heart surgeries. So we are obviously being very safe with him. And with that being said, I did get to do two movies inside of this. They were both filmed in Canada, which was a, a big part of me saying yes, because in Canada, you know, they had a, a national um, lockdown for the whole country. So they were really able to get this virus under control and a lot of protocols were put in place, especially in Manitoba where I did the second one, the one with Andrew Walker, the fall harvest movie. Um, in all of Manitoba, there was only 331 cases, period. So they have virtually no community spread up there. So that was a big reason that I was able to say yes, because it just means that it's a lot safer. We drove up there, my family, we drove from Los Angeles to Vancouver for the first one. And then we did our two week quarantine together, which I, for me, this is actually, my husband and I had a conversation about this recently because he was like, I'm really struggling. Like, I, I think I might be like depressed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, you and I think probably the, the rest of the country at this point right. in time, he's like, how are you doing so well inside of this? And I'm like, cause this has pretty much been my life for three years, you know, because of Bennett, we have had to be on some version of quarantine with him for three years and, mm -hmm. you know, being really mindful of, of germs and sicknesses. And he wasn't allowed really to be around other kids. And, you know, I couldn't let anybody in the house, even if they had a sniffle, um, I wore masks, uh, I wore gloves, you know, going into certain places like, and I was pretty much quarantined to the house for, um, especially when we were doing the back to back to back heart surgeries. So yeah. I've had a long time to wrap my, my life around um, that new normal. And mm -hmm. I gotta say, it was really, really, really hard for me too in the beginning. And I think what I learned um, inside of all of it was that you know, I had to just accept that this was our life. 
You know what I mean? I think we tend to do this thing as human beings that we say like, when this happens, then I'll be happy or then everything will go back to normal. And until then I'm not going to be happy or yeah. when this happens, you know? Um, and what I learned that I think is really serving me inside of this is that I have to figure out how to be happy and how to be at peace and how to find joy in the, in the small things and just surrender to and as, as best I can to what is happening. So I don't allow these years of my life to pass me by, you know, and look back and realize that I spent all of the time being unhappy because I, I wasn't in the reality that I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, that's really served me. And I think, you know, I've given that advice to some friends of like, don't wait until this is all over to find meaning and to find joy and to find happiness, like start finding it now and yeah. it will, and it'll really, really help you inside of all of this. Yeah. Cause as much as this is a physical health race and a battle of physical health, it is a battle of mental health mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely. If you can always in life, if you can learn to find joy in the journey, I think you are uh, end up being a lot, a lot happier and yeah. it's, it's been, I mean, there's things that I never imagined. I like, it never even occurred to me that they could really be taken away. You know, yeah. like, it was, yeah. <laughs> like, you just like think what certain things, things. Do you mind me asking? Yeah. What things? Well, I mean, especially going to the movies as, oh, as a yes. film critic, I mean, that has been, and then also going to church. Those were the two hardest yeah. things to lose. Yeah. And, uh, and the, you know, those are just things that you just never think that, I mean, I haven't been to church since March and yeah, that, same. that is really bizarre for someone, you know, like me to, uh, to have that be the case. But, uh, but in there, like you said, there have been some blessings that have come out of the experience. I, I, uh, I was able to do over on my, uh, my other channel, uh, I was able to do these Sunday devotionals with my, with my friend who's not even, oh. who's not of the same faith as me, but, but we were able, we did that every Sunday uh, because we didn't have church. And that was such a, an incredible positive experience that I would never have had if it, if it didn't, uh, if there wasn't this, this crazy experience. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's important to kind of take, whatever lessons God has, uh, in, yeah. in store for you with the experience. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's still, it's okay to, and very important to, to, to kind of admit that someone, something is hard yes. and, uh, yes. and to kind of, uh, be sort of cognizant of that. Yes. Um, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's also, like you said, important to kind of find that, find the joy in the journey. I love that. I know. I think we all miss church. I, my church out here, church home has this awesome app and yes, it's not the same of course as being in communion with yeah. other people of faith, but it's been awesome to be able to have church at least in that way on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And, um, I will also say, you know, it's true. Like life is both. I always say it's beautiful and it's brutal it's brutal <laughs> at the same time. And it's up to us to find meaning inside of that because God never promised us an easy life. Mm -hmm. God never promised that like 
bad things were not going to happen. Um, God just promised that, you know, you would be carried inside of your faith mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I am, I, I am, I've been especially reminded of that in the last three years. And, you know, I look at my family, my, my sons, one of the beautiful things that has come from this, um, two big things in our family, actually, my sons didn't really have a chance to bond. When Bennett was born, Hudson was almost four. We spent a month in the hospital. Then Bennett came home on oxygen for eight months after that. Um, we, we had to shelter him. Basically, he was kept in my bedroom. My son couldn't be around him, my oldest one. He couldn't hold him. He couldn't kiss on him and love him. He was this, my, my, you know, the baby was this little thing that he couldn't touch that he couldn't get right. close to. And so they never really had a chance to bond. And then after that eight months, we rolled up into another surgery and another surgery. And so this, during this time, they've become best friends. And okay. they'll just say, yeah, I love you, Hudson. I love you, Bennett. And they'll love all over each other. Of course they fight because they're brothers. But like, you know, they're so close now. And the other thing is that, you know, my husband was never around. I was like a single mother with a nanny. Thank God. I mean, there's a lot of single mothers out there that don't even have the help. At least I did have help. So I was very privileged inside of that, but I didn't have anyone to walk through the tough stuff with. I was at home trying to keep my baby alive and I was just doing it in, almost in isolation by myself. My, you know, I could reach out to my girlfriends, but my husband was going to the office every single day from you know, eight in the morning till sometimes like 10 at night. And my kids didn't really have close, that close relationship with him as a struggle bus for me. And now I have my husband home every day. And yeah. so the kids now have this like really close, beautiful relationship with their dad that it, they didn't have before. And I feel like I get to really have a partner. So that's also a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of families are experiencing that as well. Yeah, we've talked to a number of people. I think when I was talking to Will Kemp, uh, in particular, he was saying how he felt like his family had kind of grown closer as they had been, uh, as all the all the stuff had been kind of excised away. And yeah. I mean, I think one of the hard things maybe for, for someone like me is that if you're, I mean, thankfully I've had the podcast, but uh, to, to when you're when you're single, yeah times of quarantine has been challenging yeah. um i mean it's just been it's just been challenging for our, for all of us uh and i think we've all learned a, but we've all learned a lot and uh yeah so yeah it's it's very very interesting and uh but uh i wanted to 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 tell you that uh you know that two turtle dubs was was the our favorite uh hallmark movies and mysteries film of of uh last year we also loved love to the rescue you know we won, you won the uh two turtle doves won the 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 award the I, by the way i it still brings me so much joy that you guys like that you loved that movie so much because i really thought it was just one of the most special movies that i not just had done for hallmark but that i've ever done 
Hallmark was like, I don't know if people are gonna really get this or if they're gonna really like understand. And I was like, they will get it. They will get it yeah. because it's about real things. It's yeah. a, and and the director did such a beautiful job and the writer did such a beautiful job with the script. And it was Michael Rady and Michaela Russell and just like and we really took it so seriously, the subject matter, because the writer, so much of that script was her life. She lost her mom, her mom and her brother were actually killed. And yeah. so it was a lot of that, the, a lot of the words on that page were words that she had said, trying to move through really profound grief. I think that we have all grieved something. And um, to know that you guys, like honored that movie the way that we did. I'm just still to this day, I cannot thank you enough for putting a spotlight on it. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to announce, this is the first time I've announced, so we do these uh, uh, patron uh, watch-alongs where we have a guest come and we watch uh, a, a movie and we hear the behind the scenes details and everything with our patrons of our podcast. And so I'm just, I thought it would be fun to announce that uh, for November, uh, we are going to be doing Two Turtle Doves and we are going to have Leslie and Kevin uh, on as our, the director, Leslie uh, Demetrius. Yeah. And, uh, and Kevin Duda on a oh. producer uh, on to, to give our behind the scenes uh, details. So we're so excited about that. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, something coming up. Like, I can't. I wish, like, oh my gosh, I just like want to hug you right now. That's so exciting to me because, uh, she just like, this was her idea. It was her that she took to Hallmark to do. She she developed it with her mother, and an executive at Hallmark, and to be able to like take a seed of idea of an idea and then as a director bring it to life and she was just she's become one of my best friends um in actual life leslie has yeah. um she is the most intuitive director i've ever worked with like we had this weird language where we didn't even she didn't have to say words to me um we're both like witchy people like we're white like i i we're both white witches um and we just like are i think deeply deeply soulfully connected and michael would laugh because michael rady because leslie would walk up to me and she would go and she would just look at me and i would be like i know fog <laughs> and she'd be like exactly and yeah. michael was like what does that even mean like, <laughs> what's fog I want to know but like we, we spoke in this code because we just so deeply understood yeah. each other like I could feel what she was thinking behind the camera and would know what to adjust and what she was looking for and oh god she's just such a beautiful human being yeah. and such a wonderful director and Kevin you will love yeah oh yeah we've had we had them on the podcast and they were the best yeah, and uh, the best. so uh I'm so excited to even dive in you know get into the movie even more with the Thank two you of them and that. so if, if any if anybody's on the fence about becoming a patron now now shit. i mean this month we're doing uh we're doing uh christmas pen pals uh mm. with uh writer uh carly smale so that one's going to be really fun uh cool. but but anyway so yeah so we're really excited about that and uh and so we we really did enjoy that movie a lot and thank you so 
Well, let's talk about Sweet Autumn. Yeah. This movie coming up. Uh, So this, was this something that you had planned on being a part of and uh, just COVID kind of happened or was this something that came up after? It literally came up as I was shooting Cranberry Christmas. I think going into the last week of production, maybe, of Cranberry oh Christmas. Wow. By the way, starring my co-star, I'm drinking his juice right now, him and his wife's juice, Little West. <laughs> I really am a fan. Like, yeah. I don't just plug it because I love them. I really, like, drink it every day. Um, so I, I was doing Cranberry Christmas in Vancouver, and then Hallmark was like, hey, would you be willing to go to Winnipeg after this to do a fall harvest movie, um, which was originally supposed to be a Christmas movie. And they had like a couple of days to turn it into a fall movie, essentially. I know. And um, I was like, well, of course, how much time do I have to get there? And they're like, two days. (laughs) It's a 28 hour drive. I've got the kids and a dog and a U-Haul. Yeah, I think we can, I think can make that happen and we did it was such a we literally like i felt like we were the griswolds traveling across canada with our giant u-haul that we were pulling behind the car um and and our just like circus i just my whole family just the circus was just moving um i was delighted to say yes to it first of all the producer the production company um stan spry's company the cartel i love working with stan spry i love working with a cartel he also produced two turtle doves and love to the rescue and love takes flight that i did last year Mm -hmm. so i really love working with him and we know each other very well and we're actually friends so i trusted that you know the protocols with COVID and everything was going to be um, top top notch, and it was. He went above and beyond to make us all really really safe, and um, so then I was talking to Stan about. I said, "Well, who's the co-star?" And they were like, "We haven't nailed down one yet." And I was like, "What about Andrew Walker?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What are the chances they'll let me have Andrew?" And he was like, "Oh, I love Andrew, of course, because everybody loves Andrew." Sure. And so he called Hallmark and was like, "What about Andrew Walker?" And of course, they were like, "Yes, yes, a hundred times yes." And then I think like the next day, Andrew had to be put on a plane because he had to quarantine for two weeks before we shot, I think he came out of quarantine literally like the day before we started shooting. So it was all very, very, very fast. I usually do 10 hours of prep before movie. I work with my acting coach. I break down the script. I work on the character. I memorize as many of the lines as possible. So when I get on set, I'm not memorizing. I'm just playing. I'm in the moment I get to play. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that time with this. So, and, and in fact, like some of the days we were literally like having to kind of rewrite scenes as we were filming them. And um, what I knew to be true though was if I had Andrew, And if I had the director, Gary Yates, I knew if I had Gary Yates and I had Andrew, uh, Gary does a lot of Hallmark movies. He directs a lot of them and he is superb. And he is an actor's dream because he will never let you look crazy on screen. You know, he's got your back and he will walk in and be like, "Uh, that wasn't great. Let's do that again. And let, (laughs) you know what I mean? So um, I knew that, I would be in good hands if I had them and we would, we would end up making a good movie. Um, and 
Hallmark's really excited about it. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from them. Mm. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing, uh, but from the word on the street, it, it looks and it turned out really, really well. So I hope people will tune in to watch it. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the movie and your role? So I play Maggie McKenna. And um, when we start the movie, um, I'm about to go home because my aunt had passed away six months prior and wanted us to come back for the reading of the will. So I go back home for the reading of the will and I find out that I was gifted 50% of her beloved candy store. But the other 50% went to this guy, random guy named Dex. He's not random. He actually became really close to my aunt in the last couple of years of her life. His mother had passed away. So she kind of stepped in and took the place of his mom. And so 50% to him, 50% to me. And we have very different ideas of how her legacy should be kept alive with this store. Is this, um, is this, is this like a busybody matchmaker beyond, beyond the grave? which has become my favorite it, 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 i am 100% doing this to my children by the way i am beyond the grave leaving them instructions i'm leaving them you know um it's true you've had this a lot like true the truly madly uh, oh, yeah. uh sweetly that had that as oh, well yeah. in there totally and it's convinced me that it's it's the only way to go out if you're gonna go out you need to go out with leading people instructions um which i i'm very much a fan of now and i will be doing that not only to my children but probably everyone in my life um complex wills are are a good a good choice (laughs) totally totally actually what i want to do with my kids and it's been a dream of mine for a really long time is i i want them i want to put aside um money for my kids to take a trip to all of the places that meant something to me in my life Mm -hmm. and spread my ashes and i know that's very dark but like hey life and spread my ashes in all the different places. Yeah, exactly. So I want them to go to my hometown in Georgia. I want them to go to Hawaii. I want them to go to Paris. I want them to go to every place that I've ever been to that really meant a lot to me and have this great adventure together. Um, And so I'm already planning stuff. I'm already planning stuff for them, just as Aunt Dee did in Sweet Autumn. So along the way, uh, Maggie and Dex, they really have to learn um, to communicate and to compromise and to kind of push through some fears that they have in order to figure out what the right thing to do is for her and for her legacy. And along the way, they realize that they're actually a lot more similar than they are different. And I think it's, um, look, it's a candy store, but I think the bigger universal theme inside of all of it is the fact that like, I mean, look at our country right now, there's so much division that's happening on so many different levels. And I think whenever we stop seeing people as human beings and instead seeing them as obstacles to something that we want to get or obtain. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think when we, we cease to see them as human beings, then that's when we really begin to lose our mercy and our grace and our humanity. And what this story set, tells is that, you know, when you give each other a chance and you really sit down and you start to listen and you start to open your heart to each other, you really start to learn that you actually are a lot more similar 
then you are different. And that's mm. when you actually begin to get somewhere. And in this movie, um, you might even fall in love. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And it makes sense now that you say that it was originally a Christmas movie. Because at first I was thinking, maple candy? I mean, come on. Who is there? I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are maple candy people that make maple candy. But but I was like, I, I don't know. I was just like, I've never heard. I don't know. They, Canadian. They, yeah, there you go. I guess Canada yeah, or Vermont. Uh, the other, Andrew said the, he grew up with that. Like he, I'm like, that is very specific. It's super specific. And um, Andrew was saying that he grew up making maple syrup taffy as a kid. Mm. And so we do that in the movie. And he was like, I grew up doing this as a kid. So um, Mm -hmm. it's very popular in Canada and in Vermont, actually. And some of the state, the US states, I think there's a couple of them that um, are are makers of uh, maple syrup. And and there's a lot of maple syrup candies and stuff like that that come out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, was that fun working with Andrew again? Of course. It's yeah. like working with family for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. It always is it has the felt third that movie? way. It's the third movie. Third movie, yeah. And it, and, and it has. It's felt that way with us since the first movie we've ever done together. Mm-hmm. You, just, you know, some people you just meet, you know, kind of like Leslie with Two Turtle Doves and you're like, oh, you know, we're supposed to be in each other's lives and you just connect instantly. And it's always been that way for me and Andrew. That's great. Well, we're really excited to see it. I think it'll be incredible. Um, So I want to talk to you about Cranberry Christmas. Uh, (laughs) So this seems very interesting from the uh, summary. Uh, So this movie, it's about a separated couple. Oh yeah. You heard that right. (laughs) Yeah, it's a new us, hallmark. Yeah, tell us more about it. This is interesting. Um, it is interesting, and I'm so happy that I got to, you know, it's the second year I've done Christmas movies for Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, mm-hmm. and it's two years in a row that I've gotten to do movies that are a little different, right? Well, I would say three on- years because even Reunited at Christmas, yes, it, it felt more like a Movies and Mysteries movie. For sure. Yeah. And uh, it was also about an existing couple that weren't married yet, but, uh, but yeah. And, so. and divorced parents. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. True. It was a family coming together to spend one last Christmas together with their divorced mm-hmm. parents. And then all the shenanigans that go down with, you know, that those dynamics. Um, yeah. I enjoy doing, I enjoy the challenge of, keeping the brand and the tone and the kindness and the love and all that that goes into making a Hallmark movie, mm-hmm. but also with a, telling a story that's a little different. Yeah. I love the challenge of that. Mm-hmm. I think that it's absolutely can be done. We've proven that it can be done with Reunited at Christmas and with Two Turtle Doves and now with um, Cranberry Christmas, which is so beautiful. I saw a lot of it doing ADR and I'm, I'm so, I'm so proud of it. Do you meet these two characters uh, at the beginning is Don and Gabe. And at the beginning of the movie, 
Uh, well, first of all, they own this big lifestyle brand company called Cranberry Lane. It's very much Martha Stewart, right? It's, you know, they live on a cranberry farm. They make jams and pies and and Christmas decorations. And, and, and their, their brand is really expanding and kind of exploding all over the country. And they're very popular and very well known. And um, what people don't know is that they're also separated. So my character comes back from doing a three month publicity tour leading up to Christmas where they've decided to give each other space. They decided that even though they are both hosting their town's five day Christmas festival, that they're just going to make it work and then they will figure out their marriage after Christmas. They're like, we'll keep our distance and we'll just figure all of the details of this out after, after the holidays. Um, when, when a national television show, much like the Today Show, decides that they want to send cameras to the festival to highlight this five-day festival that they're doing, but specifically they want to put a spotlight on Don and Gabe and their marriage. So Don and Gabe are like, oh, we're going to have to pretend to be Mrs. and Mr. Cranberry Lane for the next five days while the cameras are here. So that, you know, fate intervenes and pushes them together. The love is still there. They, these, two, these are two people that love each other deeply and respect each other immensely. But life and its busyness and all the ways that it kind of pulls you away from the things that really matter sometimes or what's really important, sometimes puts space in between the love. And then you begin to feel like, well, is the love still there? Because it's hard to feel it anymore. And I think it's a really, for anyone who's been married, I, I'm a married person, like you, you do feel that. You go through these waves of being like, wow, have we just gotten too busy? We, re you know, we, re we need to reconnect. And um, so that for the two of them, they just have to like, they have to figure out how to move forward, not just with their marriage, but with their business, with everything. And I have to say, one of the greatest parts of doing this movie, besides the fact that I just got to tell a story that was a little different, um, was working with Ben Ayers, who is a delight. Mm -hmm. um, I had never worked with him before. I had never even met him before. We are both uh, very serious thespians. We take our work very seriously. So that was really fun getting to um, have those, you know, actory conversations and really work in depth on the script with the director, who was an incredible first time female director for Hallmark. Another one that you're going to love, like Leslie. Her name is Linda Lisa Hader. You should definitely interview her at some point. She is already in production on another Hallmark movie because she did such a terrific job. Another just like very intuitive, beautiful director. Oh gosh, it just like, I, I, I can't even say enough about her. Oh, that's um, so exciting. Cause we didn't have, yeah. we, we can, uh, if, it's not on IMDb yet. So I didn't know the director's uh, name. So that's great. Uh, it's yeah. her name. Uh, yeah. that, that's exciting. Uh, you know, I always love uh, more, you know, female directors and talent. And I'm just really intrigued by this film. I, uh, I've never seen or heard of a Hallmark movie like this. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited about it. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I think people are going to fall in love with Ben on this movie. And also one of the funniest people I've ever worked with. I, I don't know if people follow him on Instagram or me because I'm reposting all the ridiculousness that he's posting. We found out that Cranberry Christmas was airing on Halloween. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that. And at first we were like, what? Like, I think I called Hallmark and I was like, you're going to give me Halloween? You're going to give me Halloween? Really? Like, I just, I just worked my butt out for you guys. And I did like, and you're going to give me Halloween? <laughs> I'm joking, well, but kind of not. And and so then we finally had to just, we were like, all right, you know what? If you're going to give us Halloween, we are going to embrace every single <laughs> inch of it. Yeah. And so Ben has been putting together these hilarious, like, mashups of Halloween and Christmas. So, like, the poster <laughs> will come into frame and it'll be us and it'll start off by saying, like, have yourself a merry little Halloween, 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 Halloween. And he's been like putting like really scary like mask on us and like inserting <laughs> ridiculous, like do face swapping of our faces. It's terrifying. So we've been having a lot of fun with it. And now we're obsessed and in love with the fact that we're on Halloween. <laughs> That's great. I was going to ask you about that. And uh, I think it's interesting because uh, I was talking to Amy Winter, who was the EVP over in Lifetime, and she made a good point. She said she felt like because Halloween has kind of been canceled this year in a way, like we're not going to be able to do most of the stuff that we normally do for Halloween, that like people, I think are going to be all the more sort of ready to just let's move ahead let's move ahead yeah. to christmas let's just move on to christmas yeah. let's just keep plowing forward i know and i was like and it's healthier instead of going mm-hmm. out and eating candy you can sit at home and watch yeah. our drink our cocoa movie. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly We're- <laughs> yeah we're ready. We are ready. That's for sure. Uh, so one thing I wondered about with this film is, was the town festival and some of the other stuff, did that have to be, uh, would, did that have to be changed uh, with COVID? Uh, with the, you know, were you not able to do some of the stuff that you would have normally been able to do? Great question. We definitely had less extras. Had to kind of really be pretty precise in in how we positioned people and where we did and like how safe people were and obviously even with any extras that we had like everybody got their temp checked everybody had to go through covid screenings when they arrived every single morning everyone was masked and shielded we even with even with like me and with me being extra careful there were moments where i was like okay so if we're all taking our mask off in this scene especially towards the end there's this big dance that happens i was like i am going to be really you're going to have to like make a little bit of space between myself and others you know, because I, I just can't take the chance, you know, so it was a lot of different, it was choreography. We had to think outside the box a little bit. We had a little less to work with, but I think that Linda Lisa Hader, our director did a super job of making it look like, you know, the moments were very full and, and fun and beautiful and big. So I think we're all really we we're all having to make those shifts inside of you know there's moments where it's like 
you know, there's maybe not as much hugging or touching in the movies that we would normally see. Like maybe these characters would normally hug here, um, but they're not. And that's because A, every actor has a different set of boundaries. So for some actors, you know, they may not be as concerned about it because they don't have a Bennett to uh, protect maybe, I don't know. Um, but for me, a lot of that stuff had to be really thought out and we talked about it. And luckily enough, on both of these movies, the producers were more concerned about safety and everyone feeling comfortable than they were about anything else. Oh, that's good. Well, that's yeah. very, very good to hear. And uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to the film, uh, to both the movies. I think they're going to be great. Thank and, you. Uh, so, uh, well, before we go, we wanted to ask our some fun holiday questions. Great, give them to me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so first question. What is your favorite holiday drink? I I don't have like, I don't have like a- Like I've hot cocoa any, or? Uh, I didn't really, yeah, because I didn't really grow up having sugar actually. So even hot cocoa is not something that I grew up drinking. Uh -huh. um, so I was gonna say if there was like a holiday drink though that I, am really into i would say probably like <laughs> like a really good whiskey with mm -hmm. one piece of ice inside of it yeah. that i can sip on for about three hours um <laughs> in terms of like an alcoholic beverage in yeah. terms of a non-alcoholic beverage i would say um tea i'm a big tea drinker mm. i drink tea starting after lunch I drink it for the rest of the day until I go to sleep. So like maybe a really good tea. There we go. Okay. You can even have Hallmark tea. There's Hallmark brand tea. Oh, I know. And yeah, there's there Hallmark wine now. That's right. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? So my favorite, let's see, my favorite holiday treat would be, well, my mother, it's not necessarily a dessert. But in my house at Christmas, we always had a sweet potato casserole and we don't do ours with marshmallows because we um, grew up in a pecan orchard. We, we did um, a pecan candied crust on the top mm -hmm. of it. It's very sweet and also savory and I cannot ever get enough of it. Um, so I would always have like a helping for dinner and then I would have a second helping as my dessert. And then I would usually sometimes in the middle of the night go and warm up another bowl yeah. because I would be craving it in the middle of the night. So that would be like the treat that I do give myself over yeah. Christmas. That's good, that sounds yummy. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Mm, oh, Holy Night. Mm, very good. All right. Uh, what is your favorite classic Christmas movie? That's so hard for me because it's kind of like, it's like a tie between, I love uh, 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 National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation, but I also love Home Alone. And I yeah. also, yeah, yeah, I know. And I also love Love Actually. And mm. I also, I'm a big, so here's what, in terms of Christmas movies, for the weeks leading up to Christmas, I watch with my family a Christmas movie every night. Yeah. So for me, it's almost impossible to pick favorite because there's also, you know, 
there's also um, Elf, which I love. Yeah. Like, I, there's just so many of them. So it's it's actually too hard for me to yeah. pick a favorite Christmas movie. I love I love all of them. What's yours? Only well, that's the only downside of covering all these new Christmas movies is I don't have any time to watch all these classic Christmas movies. <laughs> um, it's really hard. I I mean I love Home Alone. That was a very foundation movie for me. It was the first Dang. comedy that I ever really loved, uh, and uh, I saw it with my grandparents uh, in uh, when I was ten. And I just loved that movie so much. And I still do. Um, so that's high up there. Uh, I also love Charlie Brown. Uh, love. One of my, one of my all-time favorites. And I love anything, any version of Christmas Carol. I'm a sucker for. So yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so uh, which would you pick? Scrooge or the Grinch? The Grinch. Okay, good. He's so fun. <laughs> okay, uh, clear lights or colored? Clear. Okay. Uh, would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Build a snowman. Okay, good. Very good. Okay, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Medium. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? And I have 14 of them. 14. (laughs) That's the other thing that I do is I wear an ugly Christmas sweater every single day for the weeks leading up to Christmas. And I buy a new one every year. So to add to the collection Mm -hmm. and I make my husband wear them. I make my kids wear them. It's like, they're all they all have to be a part of the whole entire thing but like I will literally out here in Los Angeles when everybody dresses up to go and we don't have to worry about this year because there'll be no Christmas parties but when everybody else is like going to Christmas parties like dressed up and looking like fancy into the nines I roll in with my like (laughs) a giant Christmas sweater that has like R2D2 on the front where you can press the button and it'll go (laughs) (laughs) like I really embrace the ugly Christmas sweater and just like all of it that goes into it because I think like it's so much fun you know it's so much fun to be silly and just like squeeze every ounce that you can out of each holiday season right well, I think that that is just true of you in general. I think you <laughs> you squeeze all the joy out of anything that is happening that you can. I really admire that about you. I think thanks for uh, it's it's really really great. And uh, so, well, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. We really appreciate. It. I always feel like I'm I'm so uh, edified uh, after mm. I get a chance to talk with you. And so, I hope that yeah. the listeners feel the same. And uh, so thank you so much for doing this. And uh, do you have social media or anything like that you want to share? Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram um, at Nick, N-I-K, and then my last name, Deloach, D-E-L-O-A-C-H. Um, that's Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's my full name, Nikki Deloach. And um, I want to like toss out, you know, um, me and Ashley Williams and Kimberly Williams Paisley this year are, are joining together to do the walk to end Alzheimer's again. We all, we have a team, we've done it for the last, well, Kimberly just joined this year, but Ashley and I've been doing it for years together. 
So if you go to my Instagram and go to the link, um, we would love for you guys to walk with us on November 7th. We're all doing it virtually. You can do it in your neighborhood. You can go hike a mountain. You can, you know, walk around your house for two miles or whatever. But um, it's, uh, it's something that we is really important to us because you know both of our families were um are have been really really affected by alzheimer's and dementia uh kimberly and ashley lost their mom to the disease um i've lost my grandfather and i'm losing my dad right now to it so it's um it's near and dear to our heart so i would love to encourage people to go to my instagram go to the link in my bio and sign up to walk with us and um also i just wanted to say to everyone you know um again, this time is, this time is, it's really hard. And we're about to roll up to the holiday season where it's probably going to feel even harder because we can't be with the people that we love, or it might be harder to get there, or it might look a little different this year. And um, I just want to say that, like, like you said earlier, um, allow yourself to feel that. My therapist always told me like, you know, you get three days to be sad. And usually that means since I have permission, I only usually take the 24 hours. But like, you know, once you're given permission to be sad and upset, then you're like, maybe I don't need the full three days. But, um, but allow yourself to feel that because here's the thing about feeling the weight of everything that we're going through. It also opens you up to recognize the miracles and to recognize the magic and to recognize the beauty and also the meaning, you know, it's the yin and the yang of it all. And, and there is lots of that out there. There's lots of that for us to be a part of inside of this. And also I will say, um, if you are feeling sad, if you are going through something and you just need someone to listen or to hear or, or to say like, you're not alone and reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, you know, I'm having some pretty incredible conversations with people who are going, going through a lot of different things right now. And, um, I, you know, I kept my social media for a reason and it wasn't actually just to promote the things that I'm going to be in. It needed to mean something more to me. And what I realized is that it was an opportunity to actually connect with people out there because we are not meant to be in this world in isolation. We are tribal human beings and we are meant to be in community. And that is the only way through this. The only way through is with love. And um, I think you and I both believe that God is love. And, and, and I think that if we were being called to do anything right now, it's love harder than we ever have before. So please don't be scared to reach out to me, DM me, I'm here for you. And, um, and you're not alone inside of this. You're not alone. Well, that is just really wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. And we'll have, well, I'll put in the uh, description section, all the information about the Alzheimer's walk. And so Thank people you. want to learn more about that. And uh, we just wish you the most merry, merry of Christmas is I, yeah, I Thank know you. it will be different this year, but it's going to be also really special. And, yeah. uh, and so Thank you so much for, for that and all that you do. And uh, so, yeah, let, if you're listening, let us know what you think about all the different things we talked about. And uh, we'll look forward to the movies that are coming up. And uh, so thanks so much. And we'll uh, yeah, hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah, anytime, Rach. <laughs> let me know. Thank you Bye. guys so much. All right. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas to you. We'd like to thank Nikki for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. So edifying to get to talk with her. She's just the best. I love her so much. And make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really, really, really appreciate those. We need people to find the podcast. And uh, so it helps us out so much. Uh, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us uh, this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. That helps us out a lot as well. We have our patron group, as we mentioned, where we're doing the watch-alongs coming up this month and next through the whole of the year. Uh, so you definitely want to be a part of that. Only $2 a month to help support the podcast. We certainly appreciate that so, 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 so much. And uh, also we have our merch store, which has tons of fun festive designs right now. So please check that out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. We've been doing tons of fun reviews over there. So make sure to check that out. And thanks again to Nikki. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas.